Well, welcome back to the Primary Care Podcast, Podgoys, Pod Boys, Pod Girls, Pod People. It's your boy, Dr. Markalist. Uh, today's episode we're going to get into in a little bit, but before we do, I uh, have a, uh, a joke for you today. Um, now, today, it is the month of May, and I did miss doing an episode on May the 4th. Obviously, that's the uh, International Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. Um, so you may have been expecting me to make a Star Wars pun because of May the 4th, um, but if you're looking for a pun on Star Wars from me, you're looking in Alderaan places. That is such an awful joke. I apologize. Let's get into the podcast. The Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used as medical advice. This is also a personal podcast produced on my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views or policies of my employer, past or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Oh boy, I am still recovering, actually. That was um, pretty terrible. That was an awful joke. Uh, thanks for coming to the Primary Care Podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, Dr. Mark List here with another episode. Um, I want to talk about something that happened in the news actually last year. Uh, I'm, I'm recording this in May. Um, and we today, uh, I'm looking back at April 2nd. And April 2nd, The Lancet had an article that really intrigued me. And I want to give some background behind it. Uh, so the article in The Lancet we're talking about today, April 2nd, 2022. The title is Reduction of Dietary Sodium to Less Than 100 Millimoles in Heart Failure. Sodium slash HF, an international open label randomized control trial. Now, uh, 100 millimoles uh, is uh, not what we use in the United States. We use milligrams per day. Um, And so uh, less than 100 millimoles per day is the equivalent of less than 1,500 milligrams of sodium per day. So basically, this study looked at two different groups, um, and this was an international trial, 26 sites worldwide, Australia, Canada, Chile, Colombia, Mexico, and New Zealand. And eligible patients had to be 18 or older with chronic heart failure with a NYHA, New York Heart Association, functional class 2 or 3. And they had to be receiving optimally tolerated guideline-directed medical treatment. So this was standard care, right? And then the uh, the alternative care was putting people on a sodium restriction. So whatever you were taking, your sodium intake, you had to be less than 1,500 milligrams per day. And that was the trial, and they followed up for 12 months. And the primary outcomes were um, admissions to the hospital, right, very important for heart failure, right? Uh, so cardiovascular-related admissions to the hospital, cardiovascular-related emergency room visits, or all-cause death within 12 months. Um, and so, and then they had some secondary outcomes in terms of like how well uh, people functioned, um, uh, some other just uh, overall concerns. And the interpretation, right, the findings were basically that in ambulatory patients with heart failure, dietary interventions to reduce sodium intake did not reduce clinical events. There was no statistical benefit in terms of hospitalizations, in terms of ER visits, in terms of all-cause mortality. Um, There was no statistical difference in the two groups. And this came to my attention because somebody had uh, sent me a text a friend of mine, not a podcast listener, I try to convert them, but they are not a podcast listener. Um, and it was a tweet from Eric Topol, T-O-P-O-L, Eric Topol, a very famous physician, uh, wrote a couple of books that I've really enjoyed, um, and who tweets a whole lot about COVID um, and about science. And he tweeted, 
Medical dogma is that people with heart failure need to adhere to a low-salt diet. The largest randomized trial reported today failed to show any benefit for reducing clinical events and had a link to the article and a link to the most important graph, which showed no statistical benefit in the two groups. And associated in The Lancet was a was a, an editorial, right, by Luis Beck de Silva and Luis E. Rode, I hope I'm pronouncing their names correctly, who basically um, reviewed the results and then made the comment that I always make when I do these trials, right, when I, when I read diet-based trials. So they said, as with any diet-based trial, the difficulties in designing, conducting, and interpreting results are immense. Um, and, you know, but did say that it was a pretty good trial and then re- provided region-specific adaptations of meal plans. So it went into more details that the uh, article didn't really, uh, I didn't really look into very much. But they mentioned that um, in the two groups, right, the dietary intervention group actually consumed on average 1649 milligrams per day, 1,649 milligrams per day. And the uh, control group was 2,021 milligrams per day. So really this this um, effect group, this this low sodium group only took in 372 milligrams of sodium less than the control group. So not that big of a surprise that there was nothing seen there. But it is crazy to me that there was as much press about this trial and as much positive attention given to the fact that, quote, sodium restriction does not impact heart failure. That we That is an outdated dogma that we should be ignoring that and moving on to other medications. And they even gave examples in this editorial that this can be because, right, a lot of our medications that we use in heart failure that activate, you know, uh, the RAS system, right, the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system uh, could be impacted by sodium restrictions, right? So, Anyways, they said in this regard, increasing evidence suggests that sodium restriction might be detrimental because of RAS activation, right? And the extent that sodium restriction is needed and under scenarios which sodium restriction might trigger the RAS pathway are not yet known, yada, yada, yada. So talked a little bit about uh, why maybe sodium restriction doesn't really work in some of these trials. And one of the things I wanted to step back and talk about is there have been many studies, many, many studies over the past decade that have shown that some sodium restriction helps congestive heart failure symptoms. It showed that the DASH diet was beneficial for people with congestive heart failure. And the DASH diet, reducing um, hypertension, reducing sodium intake, um, is beneficial when it comes to not only hypertension, but also for heart failure. And what I think is crazy is the fact that maybe this is just a bad take by me. Maybe I need to take my loss and move on and accept that this trial means that sodium restriction is bad for heart failure. But the average American does not take in 2,046 milligrams per day, 2,021, sorry, 2,021 milligrams per sodium per day, okay? Milligrams of sodium per day. This is something that in this control group, this trial that, you know, the group that performed just as well as the sodium-restricted group, ate 2,021 milligrams per day of sodium. The average American eats around 3,400 milligrams of sodium per day. Right, the recommended sodium per day in the United States is 2,300 milligrams, but we are, on average, consuming 3,400 milligrams of sodium per day. And while yes, there are trials like in Asian countries where Japan, who has a high, you know, significant uh, 
load of sodium in their diet does not necessarily have the same amounts of heart failure as Americans do. We know that when people have reduced their sodium intake using dietary changes, in other studies, they have seen benefits to cardiovascular symptoms of congestive heart failure. And so to me, this is crazy. The talking point shouldn't be, in my opinion, that we should be promoting this to patients that sodium restriction doesn't matter in heart failure. The story should be excessive sodium restriction and heart failure doesn't matter. That if you follow an average recommended sodium intake of, in this case, 2,021 milligrams per day, or probably the American Heart Association recommendation of 2,300 milligrams of sodium per day, right? And there's many other groups where it's like 2,100 milligrams of sodium per day for heart failure uh, in that range of 21 to 2,300 milligrams, then you're probably fine. We don't need to reduce to 1,600. But the message that people get when famous doctors tweet that medical dogma is that we need to, you know, change low-salt diets. And these editorials of very smart physicians who are way more knowledgeable and accepting of, and way more knowledgeable and important than I am when it comes to research, talk about sodium restriction as this outdated dogma. When in reality, if we look at the average American, you know, sodium restriction is probably incredibly valuable in terms of heart failure symptoms and heart failure outcomes. You know, there is no trial right now of somebody, the average American who is, has heart failure on 3,400 milligrams of sodium per day versus a sodium restriction of 1,600 milligrams, right? And again, I think that this is sending our patients the wrong message when we interpret these studies this way, that yes, going from the recommended, right? And the key, the key phrase in this entire study is if we come up to the, come up to the methods, the uh, guideline directed medical treatment. Or, you know, that is, you know, the guideline recommendations. The guideline recommendations are to take in 2,100 milligrams of sodium per day or less in almost every single guideline, right? And so if you are following the recommended guidelines, you have good outcomes and there's no benefit in even further sodium restricting. That's the study. The study is follow the rules, follow the recommendations, and good things will happen or, or bad things will stop happening at bigger rates, right? The data, the dogma isn't that low-salt diets are bad for you. The, di- the recommendation is follow the medical guidance. So this is where, when I talk to my med students about what people tweet and how we tweet it and how we Facebook things and how we promote the science, matters, right? Here's a great study showing that our guidelines work and that excessively going outside the guidelines to even restrict sodium further doesn't change outcomes. And what are we coming back with? These print articles and famous doctors tweeting that sodium, low sodium diets are outdated and are, are ineffective dogma. And then when people start taking sodium again and their doctors tell them to stop their sodium, they'll say, well, I read X, Y, and Z. And so this is why medical reporting, this is why talking about the facts matters so much more than trying to get a good headline or a good zinger or trying to promote your study. So that's my rant for the day. Um, Hopefully uh, people followed it okay and people appreciated it. Again, the topic with patients, if they bring up sodium restriction and heart failure, isn't that people have to go on this super restrictive sodium diet, but sodium in the diet does matter for heart failure but it doesn't matter to be, you know, a huge zealot about completely reducing all the sodium in your diet. That's probably not going to help versus just having an, a recommended 2100, 2,100 milligram sodium in the diet. Um, so that was the topic for today. Hopefully uh, it was helpful. This has been Dr. Mark List with another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. Reminder, you don't need to stay up all night to stay up to date. Thanks. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks.